You're listening to DA Rockstar's podcast, a podcast for dental assistants. I'm your host, Rhonda Holman. I've been a dental assistant for 20 years and I've learned a thing or two along the way. And here's what I've learned. We have to band together to share our pearls so that we can all grow and achieve rockstar status. guys thanks for tuning in to da rock stars again i am so happy you're here i have a superstar guest on the show for this week guys tara clancy she is the founder of o2 tara website she is a speaker she is out in the world promoting education on mouth breathing improve your breathing transform your life here's the deal guys Whether you're in the dental profession or the medical profession or you're just somebody out in the world who has crooked teeth, by the way, they're a symptom, and you want to know more, Tara is a really amazing resource. She is interviewing some of the leading experts in this field. She is a patient herself, and she is taking all of this information and transforming it to where it's in edible chunks so that we can all fundamentally understand what we're looking at just a little bit better. I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. I loved having Tara on, and I hope you guys get as many pearls from it as I did. Hi, guys. Welcome back to the show. I have a special guest with us today, Tara Clancy. Now, Tara Clancy is one of our airway advocates in the world trying to help people understand what we're looking at. And uh, Tara, I'd like for you, if you just have a second, to go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Sure. I'd be happy to, Rhonda. Yeah, I am. Um, I'm a breathing specialist and, um, as you said, definitely an airway advocate. And I think, most importantly, I'm a patient. And so that really, you know, brings it all home for me and um, really gives me kind of, it's my why, you know, and and knowing what I've gone through makes me really want to help people who are dealing with it um, to get the help they need. And then more importantly, to get the kids the help that they need so they end up staying healthy rather than trying to be, you know, quote unquote, fixed later on when they've had uh, so many challenges come along. You know, that's, that's amazing. So, so for some of our listeners, I believe we've done a decent job trying to lay down uh, what it is, what we're looking at for airway disorders, but how, what's your story? How did this kind of evolve for you? What, what got your interest started in understanding the complexities of all of this? Sure. So actually it started for me about five years ago and it's the kind of thing where, you know, Rhonda, have you ever had uh, a discovery of information sort of by accident, you know, and it came you learn something like mind blowing just by accident. Well, that's what happened to me because about five years ago, I was in a a kind of minor car accident and I ended up with some shoulder pain that just wasn't going away. So I went to uh, an acupuncturist and she said, well, I'll try a few treatments and it may help you. And if it doesn't, then you should probably see my husband. He's an osteopath. So of course I intelligently said, what's an osteopath? Uh, so it turns out, you know, an osteopath is is kind of like um, like a chiropractor in some way. They're looking at your overall body health, but it's much broader than just spine health. They're really looking at all of the the muscles, the fascia, everything in the whole body. 
So I go to this osteopath ultimately because the shoulder pain continued. And he said something to me that just blew my mind. You know, he said, I, I think you have an airway issue. So I had no idea what that meant, of course, five years ago. But as we talked and as he treated me, every single thing that I had dealt with my whole life, and we'll kind of get into that a little bit later, but every single thing started to make sense to me about why um, an airway issue would cause these sort of comprehensive problems. So ultimately, he said, you know, I think you should go see a, a dentist um, that I know. He's what they call an orthotropic dentist. And of course, I intelligently said, you know, what's an orthotropic dentist? Uh, so I did go to see him. He uh, said, yeah, I think you're definitely dealing with an airway issue. Here's the treatment I proposed to you. And Rhonda, I don't know if you... Um, you know, I don't know how different the prices are across the country and stuff for airway treatment with a dentist, but I'm in the Northeast and it it's expensive. It was, um, that, that treatment was about $8,000 with all the other professionals, you know, um, and then the, the costs of the other professionals you have to work with would have been more. So I was like, whew, that's a lot of money, but I need to do something. But what I thought of, too, was like, wait a second, my kids, I have two kids. I had um, an 11-year-old and, a, and a, an almost six-year-old at the time. And they both look exactly like me. They have the same background as me, the same everything. I thought, wait a second, these guys are in a position to actually have more of an intervention that's early enough to prevent all the problems that I dealt with my whole life. So I decided to treat them and just um, and just now I'm actually doing the treatment for myself just because it took forever to uh, get enough money to do the other treatment. Um, and so they really are met much better off. And, uh, and like I said, I'm doing this other treatment. Um, they had the ALF done, which some of your listeners may know of. That's where you really um, help to expand the palate, uh, you know, uh, the whole face really to grow it forward. It's, uh, it's what I call uh, growing a face with O2 space where the tongue allows the um, the whole airway to develop nicely because it allows for the forward growth of the jaw and everything. So they were young enough to have that treatment done. And we worked with my a myofunctional therapist and we continued to work with the osteopath during that whole treatment. Um, so now all these years later, I'm doing what's called the controlled arch treatment. It's a much more involved treatment because when I was a kid, I had lots of teeth pulled uh, because I had been a mouth breather and the tongue didn't do the work of growing a face with O2 space for me. So I have, I had to have um, my jaw grown forward now as an adult. Um, and I'm right in the middle of, of the process. Now you may even hear me kind of lisping a little bit because I had this big you know, like tank of hardware in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so that's really, uh, you know, so that's really the, the overarching kind of um, story where, you know, I decided to treat them first because they were still young enough to avoid some of the problems. Um, so, you know, so kind of maybe, you know, what kind of problems um, did I have my whole life? Well, I was always the kid with the runny stuffy nose, you know, and I didn't even think about the whole mouth breathing angle then, but Obviously, if your nose is stuffy, you're going to be the mouth breather. You don't have another choice, right? And, um, you know, as your listeners probably know, if the tongue cannot be up 
in the roof of the mouth, it cannot do its job of, of, you know, growing the face forward. And so I didn't have that happen. So of course, when I got to be, you know, like uh, in sixth grade, they said, Oh my goodness, your, your teeth are so crowded and stuff. So they pulled all these teeth. I had orthodontic work, ended up with a great smile. If I had my mouth open, you could see my teeth, but if not, I had the retrusion, um, you know, retruded upper lip and retruded lower lip that comes from pulling the jaw back in. Um, and so that's what this controlled arch treatment is now doing, you know, pushing the teeth forward so that my, my, uh, my, I, it's crazy to look at from the side. My profile is completely different because the jawbone has grown forward and all this. Um, so it's amazing what they can do. But again, the whole idea is, well, if we know about this, let's go and treat kids when they're younger. Like, for example, I, I have a, a child that I was working with and the mom um, told me that she was bringing the kid to the orthodontist. I said, OK, whatever you do. Don't let the orthodontist convince you to pull his teeth out. You know, you don't want to make the um, make the teeth fit the jaw. You want to make the jaw fit the teeth. But what did she do ultimately? She just decided to have the teeth pulled. The kids embraces now. And I see him. I see his tongue sticking out. I see his mouth hanging open. And it's so it's so hard to deal with because it's like we know this. We know that you know, this is the start of major, major problems um, that, you know, will follow him through his life. And yet um, that traditional treatment is still standing somehow. Yeah. You know, people get comfortable with what they know and we don't come with extra parts, Tara. (laughs) Exactly. And and, and the world has got to know that. And I think dental assistants are at the front line of helping uh, you know, just people in their community, their patients understand what they see in the oral cavity, what the symptoms are in their health and what the, you know, what the causes are. And and the whole idea that there should be enough room for all of your teeth. If there's not enough room, you didn't grow right. Right. Crooked teeth are just a symptom. And I think a lot more now than ever that the, the whole patient awareness is there and the uh, the communities, the people in them, once we get to the education level and saying, hey, you know, everything's a symptom. Let's find out the root cause. Orthodontists are going to come on board and be like, okay, I have to provide the community with their demands. I they, agree. You know, they realize that people don't come with extra parts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And do you happen to know um, Barry Raphael? He's from New Jersey. I have. I, I heard him speak at the ADA at the Pediatric Airway Convention in great. Chicago last year. Yeah, so he does an excellent job in his talk of describing just how, uh, you know, how evolution, um, you know, has, we've had a a jaw that could easily fit our 32 feet, 32 teeth, and it's only really since the um, industrial revolution that we started having this crowded teeth problem. You know, it really comes from two things. One, we're not using our jaws the way we used to. I mean, I don't know about you, Rhonda, but I haven't gone outside and picked up a root to chew lately, you know? (laughs) So we're not really working our jaws with, you know, hard food anymore. And then also um, the other thing about the industrial revolution was that it put a lot of pollution into the air and moved us indoors also. So we ended up really becoming sensitized to a lot of things, which of course creates the nasal congestion, which leads to mouth breathing, you know? So um, they, I actually look at, uh, at the signs, um, the easy to spot signs 
mind that I try to tell parents and, and other people who aren't in the field, you know, and I just say they're the cone signs, you know, the C of cone stands for crowded teeth, the O of cone stands for open mouth, the N stands for noisy breathing, and the E is the elongated face. And, um, and then people sort of, you know, it, it, it gets them to want to get more information and learn more. Um, and, and at least opens up the dialogue, you know, to think, yeah, why do so many of us have long faces? Actually, I'll tell you something really interesting about the idea of the elongated face. As I mentioned with my kids before, one of them was almost six and the other one was just about 11 when I found out about this and got treatment for them. So the 11 year old already had the elongation of the face. Um, so he looks pretty much just like me because, you know, I had the same thing as a kid. But my six-year-old does not have the elongation of the face because we recognized it. She was able to, um, through the ALF treatment and through the myofunctional therapy, really grow her her face and her jaw forward so that um, it didn't continue to elongate. So it's just, I, I give a talk on this to different groups. And so when I put those pictures up side by side, people are like, wow, because it's just so concrete. You know, you can't, you can't argue. They're the same kids. They look exactly the same at one age. And then all these years later, they look so different because one's face has elongated. And so it just, it's such a, a crystal clear uh, example of how the mouth breathing affects us and how we can, uh, with early intervention, how we can really put kids on a different trajectory. You know, and of course, it's not just about the facial shape, right? It's about the health overall and the healthy airway. And um, But it's, it's just a co- concrete way to really appreciate it. Yeah, it's so many, so many people just uh, attribute their long face to genetics. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, yes, they are genetically my children. However, I suffered from a condition that they suffered from. So, of course, our faces are going to look sim- similar. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> because there was no intervention. Right. Exactly. And so, yeah, because my kids were at such different points, I was able to get that intervention. And so it it prevented my daughter's face from elongating and really, um, you know, really does make it um, just you know, a, 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 a data point that you have to say, wow, okay, it is not just genetics, you know, it really... Yeah, and it's pretty amazing. I know with Dr. Bill Hang, he's doing a lot of the measurements on like the perfectly developed face so that we can have exact numbers. The cosmetic line, I think, is going to be a game changer in the industry, whether it's with just the medical providers or dentistry, to basically be able, because, you know, most healthcare providers are scientists at heart. Yes. (laughs) And they do better with numbers and, and the statistics. And so I think as we evolve in, in just building up our education uh, and, and actually putting down concrete layers, this is what you do now. This is how you see it. This is what you do if you didn't see it. Right. I think, and you know, you, you are out there in the world trying to help just regular people understand what they're looking at right. and, and making it kind of like a middleman. So you're making it easier for people that have no education in, in this field whatsoever connect this and I, I commend you on that because I was looking through your website the O2 Terra and yeah. uh, you even have quizzes on there so and it's 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 beautiful like the 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 information that you're able to deliver is so easy to understand well, thank you and a lot of people <laughs> well thank you thank you for having it there's so many people in the world that 
even in the dental profession, they get overwhelmed. So they just put it on the back burner. Right. So instead of trying to figure out why it happened, you just treat the, the symptom of it, you know, the grinding, the clenching, the, the cracks in the teeth. You right. just, instead of backtracking and saying, whoa, this isn't normal. Right. Yeah. <laughs> why, you know, why are you doing this? Yeah. That reminds <laughs> me of um, one time I went to, I, I developed this wicked um, welt on my arm and I had no idea what it was. So I went to the doctor, the doctor looked and he said, yep, that's urticaria. And I was like, what, what is it? And he goes, oh, it's hive. Like hi, I, yeah, I know that. <laughs> he's, he's just putting a big label on it, but yep. that doesn't really help me. It doesn't give me the solution, you know. And that's um, that's really what I'm getting at. I'm actually uh, writing a book now about um, using my story, kind of going through everything I went through, like from the earliest days all along until I discovered this problem. And I've inter- uh, I'm sorry, I've interviewed many, many of the really prominent people in the airway field. You, you mentioned Bill Hang. We had a wonderful interview with him. I, you know, I interviewed um, Howie Hinden and, and uh, Michael Geld that are here in New York. I interviewed Mike Mew. I interviewed even um, Dr. Grozal, who's a, uh, a pediatric sleep specialist, all kinds of people. Because what I really want to do is get all that information into this book and make it so easy for people to just read through the story part of it and say, oh, my gosh, all these things are related. And then to say, oh, wow, here's what I can do, you know. And so it's like kind of, you know, people don't realize that the high, pre- high blood pressure that they're dealing with as adults or the diabetes that they're dealing with as adults or the heart attack that they had, that it's all related to a breathing problem, you know, and um, if we can get people to recognize it and start to seek treatments, they'll be in a much healthier position overall. And also, if we can get them as adults to say, wow, I'm dealing with this. Hey, let me look at my child. Then we'll end up with a whole new generation of kids coming up to, you know, into adulthood in a much healthier way. So I'm, I'm really excited about, you know, getting the word out and really looking to see how we just get to be a healthier, you know, group of people overall by really learning, you know, all the great stuff. Because there's so much incredible work that has been done, so much incredible research, so many wonderful practitioners. And you have to be lucky enough to find out about it and find them at this point. So I really want to kind of bridge them and say, hey, you know, get, get to these people because they can help you with those challenges that you're dealing with. Yes, absolutely. And, and it's the whole idea that um, continued education. And, and, and it's, it's, I would love to see, like, you know, I work with a midwife um, team we work with the osteopath. We work like I've recently had my class one restrictive tongue tie released. And Me too. I've been functional therapy for a year. Uh-huh. And I'm telling you what, you know, and it's it's probably just like anybody else. If you truly see the side effect of addressing your health, you become this advocate. And it doesn't seem fair to not tell the world about what you've learned. Exactly. <laughs> I, I always think of it as like, you know, people say, oh, you know how a reformed smoker is. You know, once you stop smoking because you've realized how unhealthy it is, all of a sudden when you realize that you've been like, you know, breathing uh, poorly and, prop, you know, holding your tongue in a poor position, when you realize all these things have impacted you so much and you exactly, like you said, you want to get out there and, and tell everybody and, uh, and just help people. So, yeah, I, I completely agree. 
So, okay. I want to kind of dive in a little bit because, you know, like you said, you started with your children and then now you're in treatment yourself. What, what kind of things are we looking for in the age groups? Yeah. So, you know, it was really interesting. And my daughter, um, I'll, I'll mostly talk about her because she was such a, almost like a textbook case. When, uh, when she was a, um, a preschooler, even before that, a little before that, like a toddler and stuff, I would see in her like a sort of restlessness, you know, and I started to wonder, gosh, could she have some kind of attentional problem, you know? Sometimes she'd even have anxious thoughts, you know, I'd, I'd walk her, uh, drop her off at, at the daycare and, you know, say goodbye, tell her at what time I'd pick her up, all these things, I'd start walking out. She'd run after me, you know, are you coming to pick me up today? So just little anxious things that I couldn't quite put my finger on. She would also kind of, sometimes she'd say things that were just completely clear. And other times she'd say something that was just like, what, where did she get that from, you know? And I could hear her breathing always. I would always notice if we were sitting quietly on the couch reading a book or something, I could hear, you know, just the air going in and out. And then the biggest thing was uh, these leg pains. She, every day she would just talk about how much her shins hurt, you know, to the point that I even took her, um, you know, to a bunch of different doctors. I'm very naturally oriented. So I tried homeopathy. We had done all kinds of dietary stuff. Finally, I brought her to a, a pediatrician and she said, you know, she has flat feet. And she said, you know, that could um, be causing some of that pain, you know. So um, I, I also saw some other things in her, too. That was all sort of in the day what I would see. But at night, she was definitely a restless sleeper. I could definitely hear her grinding her teeth, which, of course, I thought, okay, she's showing some anxiety during the day. I guess she's grinding her teeth because she's anxious. Of course, I know that's not the case now. And then she also had these night terrors. And Rhonda, have you ever been around a child who's had a night terror where they just, they wake up, kind of, they're screaming and they are inconsolable. They're not even really aware, but they're sitting up. It is, it is the, the most terrifying, excuse me, the most terrifying experience as a parent because there's nothing you can do. Um, and so this stuff was all going on. When I got the diagnosis of the flat feet, the doctor had said, you know, that could cause those night terrors, all that stuff. And so I thought, gee, maybe, you know, this is all related. I got her shoes with supports. It didn't do anything. And so uh, ultimately, though, when I found out about the airway issue, I realized that all those things are related to um, airway issues because airway issues cause what I call the nighttime breathing problems, you know, either sleep apnea itself or upper airway resistance or just snoring, you know, and anytime you have a nighttime breathing problem, it disrupts your sleep. You, you, you can't stay in that deep sleep where your body does its housekeeping. Um, I'm sorry, where your brain does its housekeeping, you keep your brain keeps getting pulled up out of the deep sleep. So it doesn't ever get to really flush out your brain and, and clean it up and do everything it would do normally. And so it leads to all those behaviors during the day, because you never get, a, you know, a restorative night of sleep. And so when I found about found out about the airway issue, that then I realized, oh, my gosh, all those things are happening, because she's not in it, not getting into deep sleep the way she needs to. And so that was really what I saw in her. Um, and, um, 
you know, just just even the the. I mean, to be frank, we still do have some challenges at at times. Like now in the in the um, springtime, where she does have uh, allergies and she gets congestion, she will still um, show some signs of uh, you know having nighttime breathing problems. But she it's it's definitely seasonal, and there are things that we can do to help her. Uh, clear her nose out and stuff. So I, I think that a big point that I, that I the way I look at it is, you know, when you do discover an, a nighttime breathing problem, it is it's not like a one shot deal to treat it. It's an ongoing thing. It's so multifaceted, and things are going to be triggered. You know, so it's it's really um, the the idea that we mentioned before of trying to get in there as early as possible to help this child grow the healthiest airway so we don't end up seeing any of this sort of nighttime breathing problem stuff. I'm not sure if I actually answered your whole question. I forget what the second yeah. part was. <laughs> you did phenomenal. And, you know, here's here's what I'm I'm seeing a lot of activity in the world with uh, Dr. Mahoney is we're we're understanding that um, you know a lot of dentists are calling it sleep dentistry. And I love the fact that you talk about a nighttime breathing problem because we need to call it what it is. Right. It's not about sleep. Sleep is one of the side effects of right. having a poor breathing habit. It's true. <laughs> you know, and it's funny. I wrote an article for Dental Sleep, Ma- um, Dental Sleep Magazine a couple of um, couple of months ago, and I, and I called it uh, How to Use Potatoes to Help Sleep Apnea. And it's basically... Uh, just it gets at the idea of how of of marketing how we're marketing sleep apnea if you say to somebody hey you've got moderate sleep apnea they walk out of there going uh you know uh what's sleep apnea okay you know no big deal but if you say to somebody hey listen you are stopping breathing when you sleep at night and your brain cells are dying off at an, at an accelerated rate because of that. Then I think all of a sudden you get somebody's interest and you create a sense of urgency. So I completely agree with you. We really need to not use this sort of, you know, really uh, hard to relate to name of, you know, obstructive sleep apnea and get it more down to it's, it's a breathing problem. And you experience that night because you experience that night because if your airway is small, smaller than you really want it to be, when your muscles relax during sleep, which they do, then that small space is going to become even smaller. And that's why people with underdeveloped airways develop nighttime breathing problems. And that's why we need to ultimately get kids to use their tongues to grow their faces forward so they develop the healthiest airway that they possibly can. Absolutely. You know, and it's what's what's actually really neat to see is like we're starting to open up the door to it may not be obstructive sleep apnea. You may have UIRS. Right. You may have a sleep breathing disorder. Uh, you know, with children, we're testing for in disease that they don't get until they're 40. Exactly. We need to change the parameters so that we can get these kids. And here's the deal. At the end of the day, you don't need a CBT or uh, you don't need the pulse oximetry. You don't need these complicated uh, sleep devices testing their sleep because you can see it in their health history. You can see it in their mouth. Yep. You, I mean, you have everything that you need that that will indicate what disease they're going to end up having. And you just if you can get it at the begin stages, you know, and, and that's where we run into this problem as healthcare providers where. We everything is supported by insurance. 
Exactly. <laughs> and exactly. If insurance doesn't cover it, then it must be elective. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, we, you know, we need insurance. It. Yeah. Like you can't allow, you can't let insurance dictate what's best for your child, for yourself, for your mom, for your dad. You have to be your own advocate. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'll mention too, uh, you know, I had mentioned the cone signs before. Um, uh, I have that on my website and I also have uh, another list that I called the no breath signs. They're the things that kids show at night. So it could be, you know, the, the, um, um, the different kinds of movements, the uh, waking up tired, no breath so spells out all the different signs. Um, and I have that if you are, any of your listeners are interested, I have a download on my website. If they just go to o2tara.org and put um, slash talk, like for our talk here today, they would get um, two infographics of those signs, the cone signs and the no breath signs. There's also a link to, um, you know, the, Ep I'm sorry, it, it also has the Epworth uh, sleepiness scale in it. It has this other one called the Lamberg Navigator that shows all of the things that are related to nighttime breathing problems. And then also I have my own, what I call my call to action, because it's the three things that kids need to be doing to be healthy. So um, this, the C stands for a closed mouth. The T stands for tongue up and the A, the A stands for airway preserved, just the way we're holding our bodies all the time. Like, for example, if you have a kid who's looking down at a tablet all the time, they are impacting their airway because they're, you know, bending their necks down. So instead, we want them propping their tablets or hopefully their books, right? Hopefully they're reading too, <laughs> propping that up on, on books. So that's a great thing to give to parents to just get them to start thinking about, oh, these are the three things that my kids need to do to, to stay healthy. And then if they see signs of like, hey, you know, I'm seeing this, my child is, uh, you know, wondering if he has ADHD or any, you know, get, have real behavior problems in school or we're looking to do uh, special ed testing because there are learning problems. All of those things are related to nighttime breathing problems. So it just allows you, um, you know, the things in the talk download that I just mentioned um, will help help the dialogue with parents to help get parents to look at things in a broader way and really sort of, like you said before, connect the dots between all these unusual things that we're seeing um, and that really do have a common cause, but that we don't think of it that way yet. Right. Right. <laughs> <Not> yet. yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the yep. other thing I heard is, you know, everybody um, that I talk to always says, and I agree with it, the, the dental field is in the, you know, optimal position to help people with airway health because you typically see them, um, see patients twice a, a year for cleanings and stuff. So you can really monitor, you have a, a much more uh, regular opportunity for seeing them than say like a, you know, a, a pediatrician when a kid might be going in only once a year or something like that. So I'm so excited that and, and about what the, the dentists and the hygienists and all, everybody can do to really help the, you know, the, the non-medical regular Joe find out about airway health and, and get solutions for it in their own lives. Yep. And, you know, it's the whole idea, like you said, Tara, I, I really like this. I think OMT uh, actually said it, but it was the, the way that you allow your tongue and lips to rest will dictate how they function. Yeah, it's true. 
right? They talk about that soft tissue dysfunction. That's what Barry Raphael's talk is all about, how that soft tissue is dry, the dysfunction of the soft tissue, the way we, like you said, hold our tongues, the way we swallow, all those things are driving all these problems. And, you know, and the thing that makes me feel good is that if we know this, then we're in a position to do something, right? It's daunting all of a sudden when you first hear it, like, what? An airway issue? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, what do I do about that? <laughs> but it is the beginning of the solution because you can't solve a problem until you've identified the cause. And we're there now, right? And so now right. if we can get out and disseminate this information and all the people that um, are, happen to be listening to this and all the people that are out listening to all the dentists that are, are doing training in airway, it's going to get out there, you know, and it's really going to end up with positive effects for so many people who otherwise would be set up for a lifetime of of a dishealth. I actually have an article that I wrote. It's on my website and it's about the Wicked Witch of the West. And so uh, if you look at her, she shows all the signs of a person with a nighttime breathing problem, those cone signs that I mentioned before. And at the end, you know, and so I was really curious to see how she fared in life. And what I found out was that she ended up having a heart attack in her sleep when she was, I think, in her 80s. And, you know, if you think about it, you're like, you know, that may not be the worst way to go, right? If you got to go sometime, that's not too bad. But what I also found out is she had developed Alzheimer's disease years mm -hmm. before that. So she really didn't have a good uh, you know, healthy life in, in later years. And if we can, you know, take people now that are dealing with airway issues and help them recognize it and help them correct it, well, then we have that many more people who can have a healthy life in later life. And of course, a healthy life, you know, in their, in their, you know, right now too. Yep. So quality again. of life, quality yeah. of life, guys. Absolutely. If, if there's something this simple, you know, at the end of the day, if, if, if we can make it common knowledge, you know, it's just like the whole idea, like washing your hands, mm -hmm. that probably sounded really foreign to some people at first, but then right. you realize how disease spreads. You're like, Oh, well, duh. Exactly. <laughs> I wash my hands. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and breathing is our most basic need, right? So if, if we are having trouble breathing, duh, of course, every system in the body is going to be affected. So you're right. I mean, it's just, we just have to keep working to get the information out there. And that's why I'm so glad to talk with you today to, to share what I've, how I've sort of put things together to make it easier for um, people to, you know, share with non-medical people. Yeah, I love that. And that's, you know, this is, this is the first step. And I, I thank you so much for ha having on the show. I just, I, I love all of the work that you're doing. You are really making a dent and people like myself, can't say thank you enough because it's hard for us we you know to see the clinical signs and and not be able to to help use regular terminology or real world events to relate it to people because sometimes when you're in the clinical field just like your physician said with the uh hi yes 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 you're tricky the for us to kind of come <laughs> backwards and be like okay what word should i use instead right right it's true it, it's definitely true we want to get rid of the, that jargon, you know, and it's hard to when it's how you talk because you're, you know, you've been in trade. It's good, right? But it, it, you want to have uh, a different non-medical, non-dental perspective to help 
you help the people who really don't, you know, get any of that um, bigger jargon type stuff. So, so thank you. I appreciate the positive feedback and uh, I look forward to, uh, you know, continuing to, to just help get the message out so that they can get to you guys and, and, you know, get healthier. Absolutely. And Tara, if, if any of our listeners would like to reach out to you, other than the uh, o2tara.org website, are there other avenues that they could do that through? Uh, like to me directly? Yeah. So let's say something intrigued them on the episode and they're not ready to wait for your book. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I do actually have a, um, uh, uh, I have a, a guide called the O2 Tara Guide series and um, I've one, I have one book available as an ebook already. It's called, is it bad if my baby keeps his mouth open? Because again, it's trying to talk to the parent who doesn't know open mouth posture as a term, you know? Um, and that is a guide that goes through, you know, why an open mouth is a problem and what we can do. And I have um, DIY strategies in there for parents or helping an infant to get the tongue in the right position. Um, you know, and to develop a closed mouth. And I also have a, a guide in, in, in there about which um, physicians you, you would want to seek out, um, you know, if you see more signs of a, of a bigger problem. And uh, I have the second book in the O2 Tarot Guide series. It's called, Is It Bad If My Child keeps his mouth open. And that's actually um, going to be ready on June 1st. And that is even more comprehensive in terms of helping to figure out how to identify if a child it has an open mouth posture because they have, uh, because they want to, or because, um, you know, they need to. So basically, you know, do they have some kind like a deviated septum that does not allow them to breathe through the nose or is it like just by habit they've started breathing through the mouth and so I have different little assessments in there the three-minute water tests um, things like that that walks a parent through how to diagnose if it's a more of a a habit or more of a need-based mouth breathing thing and then again I go through all strategies and they're all strategies that I've kind of learned from working with the Mayo functional therapists, working with the osteopaths, and then just little things that I've tweaked along the way because I've been doing it with my kids. So it's like, how do I get them to do this? How can I do this in a way? And so both of those are um, there, you know, now my book will be out in the fall, which will be, you know, bigger. Um, But yeah, I mean, there, there are contact forms on my website and stuff. So if anybody had a question, just email me, you know, and, and, um, and that, and like I said, the, um, the download that I have available on the website, the slash talk uh, would be really helpful for a lot of people. And, and I am a, a speaker too. I do speak to groups about this all the time. So if anybody wanted me to come, um, to speak to a group about it. My, my talk is called, is your sleep making you tired? Because, you know, people don't realize that they're dealing with nighttime breathing problems. And so they're like, Hey, I slept eight hours. Why am I still tired? Uh, so we, I kind of walk through all this stuff in the talk to help them figure that out. So, um, so yeah, a couple of different ways there. I love that. I love that. I love that. Guys, <laughs> seriously, if, if your dentist is looking to bring in a speaker for a study club or you you know you're in one of your ADAA chapters think about um, Tara when you're getting ready to expand your knowledge base um, in a way that you can translate that information to your patients because I think if we learn in this um, 
avenue, it's a little bit easier for us to make a bigger impact. I agree. Oh, well, Tara, thank you so much for coming on the show. We truly appreciate having you and uh, we hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Thank you so much, Rhonda. I'm so happy to have gotten the time to talk with you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Didn't I tell you it would be amazing? I am absolutely ecstatic of the work that Tara Clancy is doing in the world. If you guys want to learn more, please go visit her website, o2tara.org, and take the quiz. Understand it. You know, look at your family. Look at yourself. Look at your um, coworkers first. And here's the deal, guys. If you work for a dentist who is not um, educated in the airway part of dentistry, you know, because it's still kind of new, that's okay. Expand your knowledge base. Learn a little bit more for yourself so that when your dentist is ready to start treating people in your community you can be their airway warrior. And I just, I'm super passionate about this, guys. I think that you could be too. As a dental assistant, we play a major role in helping to diagnose and and offer treatments for patients that have breathing disorders. And, And like I said with Tara before, unfortunately, a lot of people are calling it sleep dentistry. But in the world, in the real world, when you get down to it, it's a breathing problem. So as always, if you guys need to find your tribe, Dental Assistance Worldwide, find Julie Varney on Dental Assistance Rock Instagram or the website. And if you need to get a hold of DA Rockstars, we have the Facebook page and Instagram. But as always, let's band together to share, connect, grow, and learn. And until next time, keep on suctioning.